This is a technology icing podcast and you are listening to Karan Bhandari. In this episode, we will be covering data science pre-processing steps to clean, manage and ensure that you have the perfect data for your machine learning inputs. At first, we expect you to eyeball the data using either Excel or LibreOffice Calc or maybe using Pandas. Take a look at how the how the data looks like. Check how data entry is done. For example, people tend to put entries like no clue, unknown, not available, NA. So take a look at the data entry patterns. Beyond that, take a look at the comments in the data. Like some people say refer to this URL, refer to that URL. Refer to to-do instructions. Like some people place to-do items, pending items, and then take a look at some generic names like name, place, animal things. Try to see if, you know, you see odd things like numeric names or extremely vague country codes or something like, or something that defies logic. For example, if you see engines are becoming beyond V8 engines or V12 engines, if you see something like 48 or 99, just think of that to be like a data entry error. And uh, some people put 99 as some infinite value. Some people put 999 as some in, something like infinite because they can't write that inverted eight symbol. And then of course, try your best to remove personal identifiable data so that you don't get into GDPR issues. Look for name, age, SSN, date of birth, blood group, in order to load your data sets into your RAM, I recommend you to use Pandas. Um, Pandas is an open source library that can help you to read CSV, Excel files. And uh, if you also wish to eyeball in um, the online portals, uh, Google BigQuery is a very good um, viewing agent as well. You can import files in Avro CSV JSON and you can view how the file looks like. But imagine if you are using pandas, then you do pd uh, import pandas as pd and pd.read CSV. Take a look at type df.head to take a look at the columns or you can directly access by doing df.columns. But if when you do df.head, it will show you the first five rows and the possible um, entries that have been there against it. Um, you, you can also specify an upfront um, NA values. For example, pandas in the read underscore CSV method accepts the not available values. So if your data entry has mentioned things beyond what the generic ones are, you can add them to the NA values. Then after you've loaded it, before you you know, do any further processing, take a look at df.info. That will give you a count of not null values, null values, total rows count, so that you know whether, if it's under 50,000, you can process that within one machine. If it goes beyond that, maybe you have to think of setting up, um, you know, using Google BigQuery, Redshift, or Data SQL, or um, Azure Data Lake, or maybe set up a multi-machine environment with Spark. But let's not get into it. Imagine that if 
you know you have reasonable number of rows you can type df.isNull to see how many nulls are there and you can do df.isNull.sum to see what is the total count of the nulls and uh, sometimes um, some people have the habit of putting a zero against uh, things like glucose blood pressure skin thickness you know that you know these things cannot be zero or bmi uh, you can go ahead and treat them like nulls so what you can do is you can uh, write df put the list of all the columns and replace zero with np.nan np comes from numpy when you import numpy and then um, take a look at um, you know the domain knowledge I mean based on your domain knowledge like as, as I had mentioned the engine count or the weights of people or age of people you know that it will be within a specific range type df.describe data frame.describe and you'll be able to see the mean median mode minimum where does most of the range lie under does the data look normalized to you and then some and um, you have to you know sometimes standardize data for um, pre for for before you feed it into an ml model because um, many things appear to be different for example number of bedrooms may be two three four but your area will be um, like 5000 square feet 2000 square feet and i think both are different but the machine learning algorithm will feel that you know the one that size represents appears to be more significant because of the kind of value it is having so try to use sklearn's pre-processing min max scalar you can give in a range that okay between 0 to 1 run a fit transform on the min max scalar and you will be able to standardize the values uh, between uh, 0 and 1 so your number of bedrooms will appear um, between the range of 0 to 1 even though it may be 10 bedrooms and even the price or the square feet can be normalized into a value between 0 to 1 you could also use um, you know the standard scalar instead of the min max scalar and um, a standard scalar also has similar type of output um, sometimes you know your um, data set may have same meanings so various columns may talk about the same kind of meaning for example um, I think in the complete data science course they had mentioned that uh, when religion voting history participating in associations upbringing maybe they reflect your attitude towards immigration so you can merge them into a single column and then um, sometimes you are analyzing things that um, are related to housing but some space information about particle information comes into your data and you know that they are not correlated or something like your blood parameter comes in into your uh, data set or maybe even id column you know the id of sql does not give any effect to your data science model it may just confuse it further and treat the id to be like a significant factor in uh, predicting the outcome so you can remove uncorrelated data and 
that way you'll ensure that um, you know it's not creeping in you can also study so so if if you're if you're doing something like a linear regression or a logistic regression if you use stats model you'll be able to study the p values uh, and even uh, the f statistics so if the p value is um, around 0.05 or uh, then it's considered that uh, you know the data set is significant so there is also something called as uh, the variance inflation factor so that also comes from stats model i'll talk about that very soon um i think i'm jumping the gun here but yeah let's go back to data whitening and um, then we will go on and head towards to the p values and uh, the stats related information sometimes you may have to convert um, if you have unique values between 2 to 10 for example if there are a few categories that okay this is non veg veg um or um, something like um, carnivorous herbivorous or uh, omnivorous there are three categories so you can convert the small number of categories to one hot encoded format and it will be represented like a binary number like 001 uh, 110 uh, something like that so for that you can use um, pd.get dummies to use the one hot encoding or you could use sklearns pre processing one hot encoder and there is also something called as label encoder where you can mention uh the rank of the category for example um if you feel uh, you know gold has a better rank or silver has a medium rank and bronze has third rank you can uh, represent them to be like a category of 1 2 3 uh so it's not recommended that you use gold platinum silver as uh, machine learning inputs you uh, there is also one more lesser used option called binarizer uh, which is given by sklearn but that's not used very often um sometimes if you have large ranges then how do you deal with it maybe you could take into account um so for example bmi values may be spread out over a, over a range like 20 to 40 then you could claim like okay bmi um less than 18 is underweight and maybe between 18 to 25 is normal and 20 to 30 is overweight and 30 to 40 is obese so you can take that approach and try to reduce your categories you can use um, df.lock to uh, loc to you know uh, take a look at what the ranges are and uh, create new data columns to to show that you know the you have reduced the number of categories um now before i get into image pre processing um i would like to talk about other things for example um, there are a lot of statistics variables that you may have to acquaint yourself with that um, uh, for example there is mean which is almost like the middle part and then there is the median where most of your data set is lying under 
so for example the median height of most of the world is between uh, five foot to six foot uh, and uh, if they are adults and and you have to find out what's the median and mode is like the most frequently occurring one and then there is something called as variance inflation factor that is it estimates how much is the variance of coefficient is inflated because of linear dependence with other predictors for example it tells um, uh, it, it, I think if you take a look at a VIF of one you need to study um, so so any so VIF under 10 uh, if VIS is under uh, under 10 it's borderline but if VIF is between 1 to 5 it's perfectly okay and uh, maybe if your VIF is exceeding 10 that's a cause of concern uh, for example if you see too much variance in the mileage or the engine capacity then you know VIF comes into picture so uh, so it, it shows it talks about situations where um, you know you have an anomaly in the data set you can use a VIF um, so just try to see if your VIF is under 1 to 5 you can use the stats model VIF um, so you can see which one is an outlier for example you may find that uh, you know certain extremely skilled people like Michael Jordan is skewing your uh, basketball skill measurement um, and and sometimes you have extremely odd values because of uh, okay one extremely rich individual purchase the entire city I mean these are outliers and it's not very generic but then your entire analysis gets skewed by a very large margin and um, some it's good to create checkpoints um, while do you process your data because you'll be dropping you can also do df or drop to 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 drop your unnecessary data columns but i feel that make a copy like df.copy can make a new copy of your data set before you do something very different so you can come back to these checkpoints and of course um, i forgot to tell you uh, like just take a look at some unique values to see uh, df.unique can help you to uh, judge uh, certain criteria that i had mentioned in the past and uh, grouping i mean working with time is tricky uh, so you have to deal with different formats so it'll be good if you use a pd.2 date time and try to see if you can do that and uh, you can create groups also um, by using lock variable so you can see that okay columns um, 1 to 10 belongs to group 1 columns 2 to 15 belongs to oh columns 15 to 20 belongs to group 2 so you can convert them to groups if you feel there are too many one hot encoded values and um, yeah, you can just see if um, you can use np.where to see if uh, you know your um, data is exceeding the dot median values and that way you can uh, see if um, you know certain things are exceeding the median you can have a new column like that and uh, some people can even balance the data set by using um, 
by using techniques like averaging, uh, by using basic averaging, and, and if you have to apply a function to every end row to every entry, for example, imagine if you are going through a list of companies and you also want a description about the company from Yahoo API. Uh, then what you can do is you can do df um, the column name and do dot apply and then you can use the pan uh, the python's request module to call yahoo information api and get one line description about every company or maybe the current stock price so that way you can uh, you know pre-process or data set or, or get the ranking of the company so that you know so certain things to augment your data set is very healthy um, so I was talking something about the p-value and the p-value is nothing but um, you know you have to see what is causing uh, evidence for your hypothesis testing in the sense it it's it's used to check your null hypothesis value or the alternate ones or to challenge the status quo and um, if your p-value is um, if your p-values are very very high um, then you need to take a look at it versus the lower p-value as i had mentioned the p-value can assist you with uh, finding out if something is adding noise to your data set for example if i just generate a random value um, and add a new column and it's adding a lot of noise to your data set so if a p-value is very high for example, if p-value is 0 0.1 or even or even 10, then that means that kind of uh, a high, uh, the, the, the kind of hypothesis that you're saying that this value is actually helping your linear or your logistic or your um, um, you know machine learning model, it can actually give a prediction whether it's really helping or not. So if you have a p-value which is very low, that is less than 0 0.05, that means your, that means the column is extremely helpful to predict. Uh, so this stats model can give you a p-value uh, and then the, there is an, one f regression package that comes with sklearn that can help you with the p-value to find out if a particular column is significant in helping you to predict. So if something which is uncorrelated and, um, and if you feel that you can drop it, if the p-value is coming to be 0.1 then you know you can reject your hypothesis that you know this column is actually helping you to do something very significant now with respect to images um, some images are slightly are extremely different actually it's you have to treat it in a different way uh, sometimes if you're dealing with documents it's better to run an OCR on top of it with the help of um, Microsoft Cognitive Services or um, AWS Text Extract and or maybe Google's uh, GCP offering of OCR, uh, the vision offering to, you know, do the OCR and help and then you can perform NER on top of it. So when you do NER, um, uh, let's talk about NER after the image section is done. Uh, I will talk about, I'll come to that very soon. So when you get images, um, you have to, um, you know, sometimes fix the alignments, um, fix pixel values, maybe make it into grayscale. Um, 
you need to ensure that you know they are not very transformed or maybe you can convert to black and white or convert to grayscale and sometimes you're okay with just the edges of the images so if you have too much noise for example if you scan the entire id card i don't think your object uh, detection algorithms are powerful enough to to you know differentiate between what is a name what is the address so sometimes you're just interested in you know extracting the face part of it then you could uh, you know help it with the uh, removal of uh, certain features that look different so you can use the histogram module to compare images features and then you can use OpenCV to resize them open them view them transform them uh, do basic things and you know do edge detection um, do corner detection and there are a lot of image pre-processing techniques like you know removal of noise um, I think resizing is very important. Otherwise, uh, you you may be running out of RAM. And when it comes to text, um, NLTK toolkit, um, Word to Vec, um, Text Blob, they are very um, effective to deal with uh, NERs. Um, so NER is named entity recognition, and it's nothing but um, I'm using the term NER, but actually what I'm talking about is uh, text processing because um, you can't analyze everything. So suppose if you were asked to work on, you know, some news data set, then and if you're asked to do something like find out the most significant topic in it or find out the most significant variable, then, you know, you need to remove um, punctuations, remove stop words like A and and the um remove certain things that could cause um, ambiguity for example some people do something called as stemming and lemmatization so lemmatization is um, you can for example you have good better best or amazing you can convert it to something like good so then you have lesser words to deal with if you do stemming and lemmatization will <coughs> convert superlative form will convert the superlative form like um, extremely good or uh, something like um, bravest or fiercest to something like only fierce or brave that's the help of uh, the stemmer and uh, you could all stitch this into one pipeline and pre-process your text and that can help uh, you know to reduce the amount of text that is going in and even maybe could help you with uh, frequency counting uh, there is a very good library called as word to vec that can help you to distinguish um, word related um, matching or correlation for example um, you know that um, king and queen are similar to each other, but there is a difference of uh, a male and a female. So if you do a king minus queen, um, it may give rise to male. Uh, so you can do such kind of arithmetic or uh, subtraction addition with words. So 
you know uh, we know that you know ban and restriction is very close to embargo or um, things like uh, computer and mouse um, are closely related compared to something very different like god um, so you can use google word to vec uh, preloaded models uh, to help you to get the similarity score of one word versus the other so that can help you to do word counting for example if you see the show notes there is a link to a project called aml intensity and i'm counting the intensity of ba- of embargo blacklist ofac or um, uh, the sanction on a particular company and that's helping to calculate the intensity take a look at the project and you will be able to perform certain tasks related to text and the most important uh, is ner the entire concept of ner is named entity recognition so you can find out which one looks like a company which one looks like um, a date uh, which one looks like a number which one looks like a noun pronoun parts of speech so that's called parts of speech tagging you can use spacey library to help you to do that image um, text data preprocessing is an extremely vast field you may as a data analyst spend most of your time doing that because real world data is not very clean of course if you download some of the popularly available data sets like uh, mnist or diabetics one who data they are cleaned or by the census bureau they are extremely clean but real world data is not that clean i think you may need to spend some time to put your head around it clean it process it and you may have to revisit it it's not just you do it one time and you forget about it you have to keep persisting it save it in npz format save it in csv format save it in excel format after you've done it and maybe even save the intermediate steps you have to revisit it so i wish you all the best in your data preprocessing tasks this is karan bhandari signing out i'm working as a developer in society general you could contact me on twitter or on linkedin i'm known as k u r t z a c e kurtzes on these platforms goodbye